Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to now be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from, as the Tourism Bureau out there would probably have me say it, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. My guest has been an entertainer over a long career that has included no fewer than four different spots in Vegas, including two on the world-famous Las Vegas Strip. He sings and plays many instruments, with piano being his main source of accompaniment. Over the years, he has appeared on the Jerry Lewis Telethon for muscular dystrophy, and back in the day even sang for then-U.S. President Ronald Reagan. It is my pleasure to welcome an old friend, Frankie Shinta. Hello! Frank. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for, for doing this today. I'm looking forward to the conversation. I appreciate you making time this afternoon to do this. After all, you're someone who, who stays out late every night, so I'm, I'm thinking the closest you get to a beautiful sunrise is the shine off of Peter O'Donnell's head, huh? <laughs> it's about correct, yes. It's about at three in the morning, yes. It's, it's some random club in Vegas. <laughs> You know what? It's really yeah. You know what? When you work every night of the week, you just you know you're working five nights a week. We never get in bed before one or two, or sometimes later than that, three or four. But it's the life we live out here in beautiful Las Vegas. <laughs> and and for the uninitiated, Peter O'Donnell is the adopted Shinta. He is the drummer in the Shintas. Yep, he's been with us 27 years. Wow! Wow! Yeah, he's a hell of a drummer, man. He really, I mean, this is a guy that lays it down any any style, anything, and his timing is impeccable. His his meter is, you know, once he locks into a tempo, man, it's like he's like a metronome. Mm, fantastic. There's Frank, nobody better than that guy. Th- these days you are performing regularly at the D Casino Hotel, which is in the part of Las Vegas that tourists would know as Fremont Street. And again, for as many times as we've talked on this show about it not being as glamorous as people think the music business is, when I say you're performing there regularly, you just mentioned it. We're talking five nights a week, and as I mentioned, late hours. You're, you're working hard. I mean, this is not, you know, as I say, the, we mentioned on a previous show that the two hours that you're up there, that kind of is the, 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 the part where you put it on cruise control. It's all the work that you do during the day, putting the show together, rehearsing, writing new material, et cetera. But, but, but you're working hard five nights a week and, and at late hours. Yeah, you know what, you know, after all these years, it's like, it's just, it comes easy. It just, it, it just, it's, it's part of my life, you know what I mean? I get in the shower at 5.30, quarter to 6. Uh, by 6.30, 7 o'clock, I'm in my car. By 7, 7.15, I'm in my dressing room. Uh, I like to tune my own instruments. I'll have a cup of, maybe I'll have a, a nice espresso from our very high-end restaurant called Joe Vicari's Andiamo Steakhouse. They send me over a nice espresso, and uh, I'll sip the coffee, tune my instruments, vocalize a little bit, and uh, sometimes we get fan mail. I'll read that, and and then um, by 8 o'clock, my crew is there. The band is there. By 8.25, I'm leaning forward in the foxhole backstage, and by 8.30, I take the stage, and man, oh, man, I just live to go full canter, for 90 minutes and give everything I got. 
Well, that's that's a good point because when you're out on stage, or, or as you say, when you're about to step out on stage, I wonder after all these years, how often, and, I, and I'm thinking it's a lot, how often do you remind yourself that, hey, most of these people that are here tonight are probably on vacation, not to mention that this is Las Vegas and there are countless other shows they could have chosen to go to tonight. I need to make sure that I'm performing as though this was my first show, my last show, and my only show. No autopilot. No, that's exactly the way I perform. Because God forbid if something were to happen to me, I know that that night I gave everything I had. I really, I truly live to be on stage. And you really don't see that anymore. And you don't really see entertainers anymore. You'll see singers. You'll see an impressionist. You'll see a comedian. But you don't see entertainers, which is what we do in the show. I mean, there's a lot of ad lib. The audience is always a part of our show. People feel like they belong there. It's not like uh, an entertainer looking at the back wall of the showroom. We're, we're eye contact with our audience. And, and that's true not only here in Vegas, but when we tour. And touring is great, too, because you get to meet so many beautiful people around the country. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned about the, the, the pre-show prep, your, your routine. It's almost like it's a, like a timing sheet that, that goes right down to what time you're getting in the shower, what time you're getting in your yep. car. And that, because, you know, for, for the up-and-comers that, that listen to the show every week and are trying to learn from those that are having success in the business, I, I think it's so important for them to hear that, you know, you don't get to a point where you say, I don't need to rehearse anymore. I, 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 you, know, you know, vocal warm-ups now, I, I'm past that point. I don't do that. I mean, here's Frankie Shinto, who's been performing for years and years, saying, yeah, and then I sit in the dressing room and I do a little, a little, do a little vocal warm-up. I mean, it's, 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 it's great testimony. Well, you know what? For young people coming up in the business, you know, what you see in the media with kids like Justin Bieber, who turns out not to be the best kid in the neighborhood, know. you know, and is misguided. It's because when things are given fast to this world, when a kid goes from uh, sitting on a corner with his friends to me- mega stardom, you know, they, they tend to take it for granted. It's the icons like Sinatra. Uh, Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, even a kid like Justin Timberlake, who who worked hard and really honed their talent throughout their life that really appreciate the rewards. And that's longevity. That's how come Justin Bieber isn't on the charts. And guys like Timberlake, as soon as he writes something, it's there. It's on the charts. Bruno Mars, another great talent. Um, it, it's it's a respect for what you do and a love. It's a passion for what you do. It isn't just getting up there, oh, yeah, I'm going to sing a song, and, man, oh, man, you got to be on top of your game every night because people, when they're paying to see you, you, you can't have a bad night, not even when I'm sick. I get on that stage and give it all I got, man, and I just, it's, I'm, I'm still blessed to be able to do this and to have a contract in a town where most acts are paying to perform. Wow. I mean, that's what happens. Most acts here in Vegas, four wall, which means you buy the showroom and you do your own ads, you do your own publicity, you do everything. And then you, you get the ticket sales. Well, in a perfect world and economy, you could do that. But in modern day Vegas, it's very difficult, man, unless you have an international name. So we're pretty blessed to be where we are and who we're working for at the D. Uh, Derek Stevens, just a great, great bunch of people. Well, you mentioned a few minutes ago about a different audience every night and, and that you do involve them in the show. And there's a difference between being quick-witted, which, you know, I, I think I have some of that myself. There's a difference between being quick-witted and actually knowing how to ad-lib, actually doing improv um, boy, the name is right in the tip of my tongue. I was out there, I think it was last year or two years ago in L.A. Um, but but the, the point I'm getting at is, Frank, did, did you ever have any formal training in improv so that you are able to be so on the spot with a different audience every night? We never had any formal training. I guess our formal training was right at the job. I mean, literally, we played a little joint. It was a piano bar place. And it was raucous, it was crazy, people were drunk, uh, amongst (laughs) other party materials, nightly. And, uh, you know, as most bands, when somebody yell out, hey, do uh, do Proud Mary, 
<laughs> of course, we weren't the regular two guys on a stage. We crucified anybody that spoke <laughs> up in the audience to us. We were brutal. We were Don Rickles with musical abilities. <laughs> and we still are to this day. I love it. And I we were it. always able to back each other up, or I was the nice guy, Joe was the nice guy, I was the bad guy, he, Joe was the bad We always switched up. If Joe picked on somebody, and then when Pete came along, our drummer, oh my God, there was a third guy, you know. That was after we just crucified somebody in the crowd for <laughs> shouting stuff out. And Peter goes, come on, guys, look who it is. It's nobody. I mean, <laughs> and we would just, we would ruin people. But you know what? It was all with a comical sense. And although we picked on every race, religion, nationality, we always brought it together. We always let people know we truly are the same we truly are a lot, a lot alike, you know, and uh, we got we gained respect that way. Okay, but set the record straight though, because you were saying off air that this was at a at a I think you said it was a, a, a sports bar in in Buffalo, New York. And yeah, and- Paul McGuire, Paul McGuire, who was a former Buffalo Bill, had a little joint called McGuire's Arches. He was a kicker for the Buffalo Bills. And he hired me as a piano bar player, but my brother Joe was moving to Florida to sell alarm systems with some friends. But I said, no, I I don't work alone. I work with my brother. And my brother literally is sitting across the table from me, flaring his arms going, no, 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 yeah, we'll audition. Yep, we'll come down. So this was like a Monday or Tuesday. We rehearsed in my dad's basement for three days went there, played that night, and the guy had told Paul McGuire, this Buffalo Bill, there were a lot of ex-Buffalo Bills still living in Buffalo. He told them all, come and see the Shinta brothers. Wow. You're going to laugh. It's a great thing. He never even really saw it. Wow. So there it was. First night we had an audience. Within six months, you could not get into this place unless you knew somebody. And that was five nights a week. And it was just a, a piano bar. Eventually, they had to take the piano bar stools away. We added lights that I had borrowed from my high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were laying there, you know, and they were broke. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's what he said. And uh, I wired up these lights, and we had one green gel so I could do Kermit the Frog. <laughs> it's not easy being green. So I had the green shell to do Kermit the Frog, and the rest, the rest, we had one light on us a piece, and we did everything. We did everything off the cuff. The only thing Joe and I would discuss was what do you want to open with tonight? Mm. After that, man, it was all, all live. Ad lib entertainment. Wow. But was, a second of space. But was the aspect right from that very first show when when you showed up on the first night, not really knowing other than three days of rehearsal what you were going to do? Was was the idea there right from day one that we are going to quote unquote crucify people in the audience if if they give it to us, we're just going to give it to them right back? Or was that something that developed that night and you just ran with it? It just it happened. I mean, I had done it as a little kid when I was on stage. You know, I remember playing with the Glenn Miller Orchestra, and uh, and my banjo string broke, and that was it. I had one chance. I said, <laughs> "Don't worry, folks. I'll be right back." They're going to play one more song. <laughs> These old men are looking at me like, "Who the hell is this kid?" <laughs> so I mean, and I literally went back and I did it. But when it came to hecklers and stuff. No, we never thought we were going to be that way. Okay. But you know what? We were brought up in a neighborhood where everybody broke each other's uh, oranges. Could I say balls? <laughs> That's what we did. We broke each other's balls. We did. Everybody did. Oh, how's your mother? Oh, man, my mother's, you know, uh, how's your mother dance? Oh, my mother don't have any legs. You know, you tell the new kid in the block, the last break, I was mother's dancing is coming. And the new kid would come up to me and go, hey, man, how's your mother's dance lessons? I go, oh, man, my mom don't have legs. <laughs> of course, the kid felt like, oh, my God. So we were always ball breakers. Always, always. My brother Joe, like me. So soon as somebody said something, 
we had a response. And that lasts to this day. We don't get so much hecklers anymore because people are paying to see us, you know? Yeah. Well, but we do get them. You, you mentioned a, a little bit about this, but I, I want to go back to, to, to talking about the, the show that, that you're doing these days. Again, one of, one of the things that I like about having you on as a guest is it brings to my show a different perspective on the entertainment business. You're not a singer-songwriter who's going to go out and sit on a stool, play your original songs, hoping to get a publishing deal or a record deal. You're actually performing a show with music and comedy and having to write bits for the show. This is, this is entertainment. It really is, and you know what? We we abs- my brother still makes me laugh uncontrollable when he does the <laughs> stupid Neil Diamond thing. I mean, I'm beside myself on that stage. I'm literally tearing up. Now, I've been doing this piece with him forever. You know, we don't get notes anymore, but this was on my piano, and it's kind of heartwarming. It says, "Shintas, <laughs> I love you all." But Joe is a molten mountain of lust. Lust. <laughs> if he would do a Neil Diamond song for me, baby, I will do anything oh, for him. Baby. Love, Tiffany. What an idiot. This is your handwriting, Joe. <laughs> he wrote himself. Hey, lady. He wrote himself. Write me one, Joe. Shut up. Come on, How Joe. How stupid is that? Embarrass us in front of the world. Okay, this is from Neil to me to Tiff. What song? I am, I said, B-flat. Go ahead. Well, here he is. A request by El Rito Noto. Joey with a Neil... Yeah, they're on, Joe. What the hell is it? You got... It's like the best wild crowd we've had ever. And you're, you're looking at the damn lights here. Not looking at the lights. What, what is that? That's the lead singer look. <laughs> lead... They're laughing at you. I don't Joe. care. Lead singer, look. look Who does right. that? Garth. Every night it's a little different for us because <laughs> he'll throw something at me that I haven't heard. You remember when you watched Carol Burnett and, and Harvey Corman and Tim Conway, and Tim would throw something at him live on the air, and he lost it. Yeah. Well, that's basically what we do to each other every night of the week. My girl singer, Janine Valentine, very consummate, very funny, comedic, singer, uh, very funny, ball breaker like the rest of us, grew up in Buffalo, which I never thought I'd be working with her, but I always knew she was talented, and she gives it to me on stage, and I give it back to her, it's just a constant, and the audience feels that, because it's not contrived, it really is like watching those moments on TV in the day when people made mistakes. And instead of going, oh, cut, let's, let's redo that, you left that as part of the, the live scene. Well, and as an audience member, you sort of feel like you're, you're kind of in on something, because when you would watch the Carol Burnett show, it was almost like, boy, he's really trying to do his best to see if he can get him to laugh. Let's see if he falls for it. And, and so now here it is. We're sit- and, and mind you, what, what Frank is referring to could, could possibly be one of my favorite parts of, of the Shinta show. It's, it's, it's just tremendous when, when Joe does Neil Diamond. And, and, and Frank is, is, is equally hysterical, mind you, over, over behind, the, behind the piano. But, it, but it's got to give you that extra little something where we're not on autopilot. We're just out here having fun. But, but our own little inside joke is Frank's going to have something new tonight that I know is going to get me going, and, and you have to keep yourself in check to some extent. Absolutely. And we got to be on our tiptoes because I never know what he's going to throw at me. I never know what he's going to throw at me. You know, like at the end of the show, I always say, you know, we have CDs out there uh, of the show you saw tonight. They're live uh, right here at the D. And Joe goes, yep, look, we're not at, we're not even, all we want to do is break even on the printing. They're $270 each. <laughs> you know, and then he goes, and don't try to order them on our website because it's down like Obamacare. And he said that, it was like, oh my God. I mean, I was stunned. And I looked back at him, the crowd goes nuts. They're laughing. You get some O's, you know. Of course, you get yeah, some O's. Yeah. But it's comedy. I mean, yeah. and, and who doesn't know that Obamacare was a pain in the neck to get onto? Yeah. So it's stuff like that that happens every night that 
we don't go, oh, look, I'll say this, then you say that. We've never gotcha. done that gotcha. in all the years of performing. We've never sat down and wrote comedy. Wow. It always has just happened. Wow. Well, and, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a good old-fashioned case of let's not take ourselves too seriously. And that's, you know, that, that, that yes. goes a long way. I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Las Vegas is entertainer Frankie Shinta. Visit his official website at www.theshintas.co. There are also links there to his music page on Facebook, as well as Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I know you can still find lots of Shinta's videos on YouTube also. And of course, if you are in or headed to Las Vegas, do go to the show at the D Casino Hotel. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. Sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it just so easy to get the show every week. It'll just download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Frank, talking about the makeup of the show what will cause changes to be made in the show, meaning putting in new songs or, or deciding, okay, you know, we've kind of done the such and such bit for a while. Is, is that a scheduled thing? Is it the casino telling you they want some changes? Is it just getting bored with doing the same thing each night? It's kind of a, 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 an addition of all those things. You know, our owner has come to see our show a hundred times. So he's always looking for something fresh, but we are always looking for something new. Like, you know, in our show, now there's Bruno Mars, there's Avicii, there's Coldplay, uh, along with the Dean Martin thing and the, and the uh, Tom Jones. The reason why I continue to do the iconic performers in my show is because that is what Vegas was built on. Absolutely. And if a kid is 16 years old and doesn't know who the hell Dean Martin is, he's got to know this. Those were the guys that made this the entertainment capital of the world. Although search shows are wonderful, it was not one of them that made Las Vegas the entertainment capital of the world. It was those iconic performers that were almost lounge-like in a showroom that ad-libbed, that went off, that jumped into the crowd, that grabbed somebody from the audience and brought them on stage. Yes, we're always looking at new material. In fact, we last night we sat down and we said, okay, you know what? I want to get rid of this. I want to get rid of that. Mm. And we're going to replace it with something else. And we'll start working now. We, we'll have a week off coming up at the end of October. That whole week, instead of performing, we'll be rehearsing new material with our band. And young listeners, did you hear what he just said? They're going to be rehearsing. This is not, let's try this and just do it on the fly the night of. So again, it's uh, not scripted that Frank is giving the answers that, that, I, that I want the up-and-comers to hear because the aspiring singers, songwriters, entertainers, performers who are listening need to know that even the pros are, are still rehearsing after all these years and after all the success that, that you and the Shintas have had. Absolutely, Bruce. You know what? And for you young listeners, man, let me just say this to you. You know, I was young once, too. I'm, I'm not too young anymore. Uh, but I got to say this. Remember, I'm telling you this. Longevity is the key to this business. Because it's great when you're 16 to 19 to 21 years old. And you're playing places. And, you know, you're playing one kind of music. And you're locked into it. And you think you're the, the, the big cheese on the block. Well, let me tell you something. Youth goes away. And then there's somebody younger than you that steps into your spot. When you have experience and you're rehearsed and you're versatile, whether it's country, whether it's today's music, whether it's rhythm and blues, no matter what the style is, try to be diverse and always keep your ears and eyes open to learn something new because you never know where that paycheck is going to come from. It might be a rhythm and blues band and you've been playing rock for the past five years, but you want that gig that's going to pay you five, six hundred dollars, a thousand dollars a week. Man, be diversified. 
and do rehearse and know what you're doing out there because it's important, man. So then I want to ask you, Frank, you, you mentioned that you do try to look for new ideas for the show. How do you, do, do you actually go and, and I'll use the uh, sports term, do you actually go and scout what some of your, your competition, if, if I can use that word, is, is doing around Las Vegas? Or, or how, do, how do you get these ideas? Is it just by sitting around? How are you keeping tabs on, on what the others are doing out there? Well, you know what? The unfortunate thing is nobody really does what we do anymore. And it's not a bragging statement. It's just true. Um, but I do go out and listen to bands. You know, like I'll hear a band. Uh, there's a Beagle tribute band in town. There's a few of them, but some are better than the others. And, you know, I, I hear the song uh, Blackbird singing in the dead of night. So I went home the other day and sat with my guitar for two hours and I learned to play that exactly the way Paul McCartney did. Wow. And then I brought it in the dress room and I said, hey, Joe, I told my brother and my singer, Ginny, hey, guys, listen to this. I think we should do this and maybe put a little Beatles thing together. And, and then, like, I, I always have loved the, the Frankie Valley era of the Jersey Boys. Yep. And everybody's doing a tribute to them. Yep. I would like to do a little piece, no longer than four minutes, that would... So we could do the harmonies, you know, mm-hmm. there were so many great songs that everybody knows. And then in the next step, I could do a Bruno Mars tune, you know, and I bring in this, uh, there's a 16 year old kid in the crowd who's going, Oh my God. Yeah. And I would do Justin Bieber, but I just can't get myself. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. Well, but uh, maybe I'll throw an egg at somebody <laughs> in the crowd, but I just can't do Bruno Mars. Uh, uh, throw an, throw an egg with a throw an egg with a Justin Bieber sticker on it. Um, yeah. I, I like that you mentioned though about about preserving the legacy of of the the Frank Sinatras and and the Dean Martins. Uh, you know because. I, I think it's safe to say you'd, you'd probably agree with me that that had those people not gone before you, you wouldn't be there doing the show that you're doing. No, this town wouldn't even be because, you know, as we all know who ran this town in those days, you know, they went to Sinatra and they said, hey, kid, you know, we need a favor. Will you invite some of your friends to this town and, uh, you know, tell them to come here a few times a year. We'll play them. I'd appreciate it. Now, these were guys that were doing movies. They came to Vegas and did seven nights a week, five shows a day. Wow. And that is what made Vegas. That's what made people leave Utah, Minnesota, Buffalo, New York, you know, all those places to go, I got to go to Vegas, man. Do you believe that Sinatra's performing in the lounge there? I mean, those were the things that made Vegas, Vegas. And thank God they were here. So when somebody tells me, boy, you guys still do a little Dean Martin? I go, yes, because that is what put us here. And we can't forget that. That's like appreciating our veterans, you know, which is another thing I do in the show. We got to appreciate those men and women because without them, we enjoy pretty, pretty good freedom in this country because of people like them. And and that's why I, I go there. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is there are 34 previous episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment filled with tips and insights and lessons learned from previous guests. You know that it takes a financial investment to grow your career, but invest time in hearing from the people that are already at or beyond the level or levels that you want to get to by listening to prior episodes of the show. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. I want to mention, uh, just to get into the, um, the, the the business aspect for just a minute, because a couple minutes ago sure. when, when we were talking about uh, you know what would cause you to decide um, to make some changes in the show, one of the things I threw out was perhaps the casino telling you they want some changes. And, and with regards to the different deals that you've signed with all these different places over the years, is creative control of your show spelled out in there? And, and if so, are they given any say in, in what you do or don't do? Nobody really has a say of, of what we do, uh, but you know what? They have made some suggestions, and I followed them. And although I wasn't crazy about putting a tune like Avicii in my show, mm-hmm. 
because every band in the world does it. Yeah. But as you've seen, I, I do it my way. Avicii meets Dixieland. And then I, <laughs> I whip out the spoons and I do a rhythmical breakdown that's, you know, that the crowd goes nuts over. I learned how to do that as a kid. But yes, I always take suggestions, especially from the people that pay us. Always. I'm always willing, you know, they go, boy, it'd be nice if you did this, man. I really like this guy. Hey, man, I'll try it. And if I don't like it, I'll try it, rehearse it. If I don't think it's good for the show, it's gone. Okay, okay. I like the way you said that because I was going to ask you, are you holding up air quotes when you say that they will make a suggestion? Almost like, well, <laughs> it's a suggestion, but do it. But so No, no. No, not like a gangster suggestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the other guys. <laughs> hey, King, I think you should do an Italian song. That's a quote <laughs> suggestion. That's the one you go... That'll be my next song, exactly, sir. Let me exactly. pick one out. Yeah, and shame, yeah, shame. Those guys are gone. Yeah, shame on me for 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 my Italian heritage uh, coming through on that question. But uh, it's, a, it's a fair question. Come yeah, on, that's very funny. <laughs> uh, we have talked on this show before. Uh, for instance, I know back on episode twenty five of, of course, with the Redheads uh, sisters Britta and Brooke Dodge, and, and even on episode nineteen with Danny Brooks, whose wife performs with him. I'm referring to discussions that have been had on the subject of performing with a sibling or a significant other in, in your band or your act. And as we've mentioned already, your brother Joe has been performing with you for probably as long as the Shintas have been around. So has it always been a case of, hey, this is so great, I, I, I get to have my brother on stage with me every night, he cracks me up? Or, or are there indeed times, you know, when, when it gets more difficult, say in the case of, of show content or business discussions, because he is your brother? Yes, that has definitely come into play over the years. But the one thing that's constant is we may not always like each other in a disagreement, but we always love each other. And no matter what happens, you know, we've had some arguments just before we went on stage. Halfway through the show, we forgot what we were arguing about. And it is, it is a, it's a chore. I'm sure it's a chore for my brother to work with me because I'm crazy. I'm Joe Pesci when it comes to certain things. You know, you want your pen? Here's your pen. Uh, but uh, but we do get along 99% of the time. But there are the times where we don't. But we always have worked it out. And there's nothing like working with your family. Yeah, and I think that's an important point to bring up because there are, again, especially for the young people, there are so many people that think, oh, that would just be so terrific to have my boyfriend in the band with me, or oh, wouldn't that be great to have my sister or my whoever? And, you know, in theory, yes, it sounds good, but have you thought of the business ramifications? Have you thought of when it does come down to who might have the final say or or something that there's a heated discussion on, and now you are having to go, you know, quote-unquote, toe-to-toe with, with your brother or your boyfriend or whoever it is? Right. My brother and I have gone toe-to-toe. But over the years, Joey has realized <clears throat> that I, I do live to be on that stage. And he trusts my judgment, and I love him for that because he's practically given me the reins, even though he's my big brother. You know, I run our business uh, with, a, with an assistant, and Joey trusts my judgment because, you know, when I do screw up, I'm, I'm not afraid to say, yep, I blew that one. And and my brother respects me for that, and I respect him for the position he takes. And he usually does give me the last word. Even if he doesn't agree 100%, mm. he'll give me the benefit of the doubt, which wow. is very nice. Yeah, it's very admirable. Has there ever been, Frank, I, mean, it, I, I almost think I already know what the answer is, but I, I personally can't imagine you doing anything else. Has, has there ever been a point in your life where you even stopped to say, what the heck else would I do if I wasn't doing this? Very young age, I wanted it. My dad was a firefighter. I took the fireman's exam and the police exam. I ended up 75 on the fire list and 85 on the police list out of about 3,000 applicants. Wow. Well, that year, affirmative action had taken place, and it moved me like to 300 and 400 instead of 85 and 75. Mm. And I was upset about it, but... It was a blessing in disguise because by the time I got called by the fire department, we had already been touring Playboy clubs and going to Atlantic City and making more in one weekend than I could have made in probably a month on the fire department, you know? Yeah. And it was my second love 
to either be in law enforcement or a firefighter, but I've never really, after that point, never looked back. This is what I'll do till I die. Well, we've been talking about Joe quite a bit, and, and uh, a, a name that was mentioned a little previously, speaking of, of people in your show, uh, your sister Chrissy, of course, used to be part of the act for a long time, and nowadays, you mentioned the name before, you have Janine Valentine. Listeners, check out these credentials on her. Janine was named Best Female Singer and Thespian by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and the Las Vegas Sun. She starred in ABC Family's My Life is a Sitcom, Date Night for AMC and Breaking Vegas for the History Channel, among others. And she also recently wrapped a three-year stint on the hit show at Planet Hollywood Peep Show before joining the Shintas. So, Frank, how how blessed do you continue to be to you know getting someone of that talent level to be able to assume the female spot in the Shintas? It was you know it was a chore because my sister is loved by thousands and thousands of people all over the country. She's very demure. My sister was always, you know, every she's a tiny little thing, four ten and a half, but her voice is just uh, amazing. And with vocal problems, after five years, it was time to let Chrissy not suffer anymore. When I thought of Janine Valentine, I thought, man, you know what? This is this is a perfect fit because she's from Buffalo. She's a Sicilian like me. We kind of got the same family background. I know she's a ball breaker because I've known her for a long time. <laughs> and it just happened, man. She came on stage, and within a week or two of her working with us, I mean, she was part of the fold. And she's done an incredible job. She's got a great voice. Her, her, uh, she's, she's very funny. Um, and I, I'm very blessed. I, you, I am. I'm really blessed to have the team I have. You know, down to the guy that plays guitar for me, Mark Chavette. That guy is a genius. Guitar, keyboards, bass, vocals. And he's another one that has honed his talent over decades. And my musical director, Dan Ellis, has worked with some of the biggest names in the industry. So we're blessed. We really have a great crew. Janine is so talented. We do get along on stage 90, all right, 80% of the time. <laughs> But she has the Western New York roots, as as do you. Were you were you regularly in touch with her, and it was a simple matter of, of one phone call, or, or was it we had to kind of track her down a little bit, you know, sort of knew where she might be? How, how did that come to pass in, in well, terms of action? Well, when we moved here, we, when we started at The Real, I remember she came to see our show. Hi, I'm Janine Valentine. I'm from Buffalo. I'm working with Clint Holmes, who's another headliner in Vegas. Yeah. And I, and we kept in touch after that. We were friends, like every once in a month or every couple of months. Hey, ugly, how are you? You know, and <laughs> how are you doing, fatso? And you know, she's so skinny. But I would, we would share a, a text like that. Hey, how you doing? How's your kids? And then when this came about, I called her. I said, Janine, listen, Chrissy's can't do the show. I need somebody that's gifted, talented, and wants to do it. She goes. Oh, my God. She goes, you know what? My dad told me not too long ago that's on his bucket list to see me work with the Shintas. Wow. I said, come on. She goes, what do you want me to do? I go, well, I don't want you to audition, but I'd love you to come down to my house and let's sit at the piano. I want to go through a few songs. Yeah. And we did. We went through a few songs, and I go, that's fine. When do you want to start rehearsing? Wow. And that was it. She was in the show. She's been in the show uh, a little over a year and a half now. Wow, and and you know, I think that's also a great testimony to how important it is. That, you know, you can, in, at least in my opinion, you could never have too many contacts, and and having a lot of contacts is one thing, but staying in touch with those people is another. And and there's a, there's a prime example right there of of you know, you, like you said, you would check in with each other once in a while, kind of goof on each other now and then, and, and lo and behold, when the time came. It wasn't a case of Frank, Frank Shinda. Oh, gee, I haven't heard from you in, in 10 years. You know, so this was, right, uh, you know, the right. groundwork was the groundwork was laid. It was, it was a blessing, man. And she's very good. And you know what? Everybody has their place on that stage. Everybody does, you know. And we're very, um, I'm very happy right now, man. I would like to tour a little more. I would like to see some of the U.S. of A. that I haven't seen in the past. Um, but right now I am blessed and happy to be at the D 
And uh, I encourage people to come see the show, especially entertainers that are thinking of this for a career. You know, to, for a young person to see our show, it would definitely put some thoughts in their mind on what direction they want to go. <laughs> Whether it's I'd love to do something like this or no way. I don't want any part of that. <laughs> yeah, I've, you know, I've often, when I go and speak to college classes, I often tell students to take an internship sometimes just to find out that that's not what you want to do after all before you waste all your time and get your degree and then get a job in the real world and say, this is what I got my degree in. I don't like this. So, uh, again, more good advice. I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Las Vegas is entertainer Frankie Shinta. Visit the official website, www.theshintas.co. Last name is spelled S-C-I-N-T-A-S, theshintas.co. There are also links there to Frankie's music page on Facebook, as well as Twitter and Instagram. As I mentioned before, there is lots of video of the Shintas that you can dig up on YouTube as well. And of course, as he just mentioned, if you are in or headed to Las Vegas, do go see the show at the D Casino Hotel. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. And it pains me to have to spell that H-E-A-R. People are still using the wrong version, the wrong spelling out there. Now hear this.biz. Sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free. makes it very easy to get the show every week. It'll just download automatically for you when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I'd love to hear your feedback about the show. Post your comments on that Facebook page that I just mentioned. Frank, I am always keeping in mind my listeners who are aspiring singers, songwriters, entertainers who are listening in each week to learn from those who've had success in the business. Many, many years ago, in the early stages of your career, you were performing in the hotel across the street from the Buffalo Airport. It was the the Playboy Club at the time. And now all these years later, here you are a long-established Las Vegas entertainer. So remembering those roots, and and I guess even more so the, the, the Paul McGuire a sports bar that you referred to. What what do you cite as having gotten you to to where you are now? Every step of the way, every rung on the ladder was important. If I would have skipped any one of those steps, I wouldn't be where I am today. Sometimes you take two, three steps up, and you got to take three or four backward. You know, and sometimes you get knocked down in this business. But if you love what you do, don't ever lose sight of the goal. Look straight ahead. Don't slow down. Don't look right or left. Just keep focused, man, and that's what I uh, attribute to being where I am today. I'm not a megastar by any stretch of the imagination, but you know what? It's pretty nice to drive on the strip and see your face up there on a billboard, mm. and it's I'm still blessed. I really am. I'm very blessed to, to enjoy this, and I, I thank you for a great interview, man. You're just great, Bruce, and I've got to listen to your show now. I'm going to have to... Uh, <laughs> I got to put it on all my toys, my well, phone, I, my Mac. Yeah, I've I've been blessed as well. We're you know we're really enjoying the show and having some great success. And I, I really need to spend more time thanking the listeners. A, a minimum of thirty different countries that have been listening. Uh, great guests, uh, American Idol uh, top twelve finalist from two years ago was on. Uh, we had a participant from last year's The Voice. We had the lead guitar player for. Uh, Garth Brooks. We had a Blues Hall of Famer, um, and and now we've got now we've got a, a top name Las Vegas performer, which uh, which really you know adds to the diversity that I'm trying to have here as as guests. And and I'm really glad to hear you say, Frankie, about you know the dedication and recognizing the importance of the steps. I I didn't I want to go back because before you mentioned about you know nights when you're sick and and the show must go on. It it amazes me people nowadays that are so willing to cancel a gig because they're sick. And, and that just, you know, closes a door for you and opens it for someone else. No, I, I don't. That doesn't happen unless I'm in the hospital. And I'm blessed, knock on wood, that I haven't ended up there yet. But no, Joe could be off for night and I could do the show. Janine could be off and I could do the show. But I don't take off. I do not take off of work. That doesn't happen. So it's just, I'm blessed. 
we just you just started to mention a minute ago we we spend a lot of time on this show talking about Nashville and people picking up and moving there to try to make it in the music business. Is that the case in Las Vegas Frank performers in all aspect of entertainment picking up and moving there, hoping to be making a living doing their thing on the strip and and if so, do you think the odds are even longer than they are for those who are packing up their guitar and heading to Nashville with a song and a dream tucked in their pocket? Well, the thing about Nashville is it's all music. There's not uh, 40 Cirque shows. You know, but Nashville, if you're a good musician and you believe in yourself, Nashville's an incredible place. Vegas is a little tough because right now, the lounges aren't what they used to be. You know, every casino had a lounge seven nights a week full of bands from 6 o'clock in the afternoon till 4 in the morning. Now, there's random casinos. Maybe, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there, I could be wrong, maybe five, ten places maybe where you can go see a live band seven nights a week anymore. Wow. So wow. It's, it's really difficult, man. If you're going to pick up and move, you've you got to really think of what you're doing and have a goal. Meet somebody. Talk to somebody before you come here. Uh, so... Put your stuff on YouTube. I encourage young people, put your stuff on YouTube. So when a guy goes, uh, hey, man, you play keys? Uh, geez, could I hear you? Yeah, go to YouTube here, go right here, and there I am. This way, it's instant. That guy wants to see you. He could see what you're doing, whether it's a girl singer. They want to see what you look like or sing like. You know, whether you fit in with the group that they you got the look they're looking for. That's all important. So I encourage young people. Now I have a, a niece, Lisa Shinta, S-C-I-N-T-A. She has had, I believe, over 40 million hits on YouTube. Wow. And she now writes for a major record label. Wow. Lisa's a songwriter, singer, very, very gifted. And she started out in her bathroom because the acoustics were good with a <laughs> piano. And believe it or not, it turned into her being one of the uh, top five writers for this record company. Wow. So she's done very well for herself. And so that's what I would leave those kids with. Young people, put your stuff on YouTube, man. But make sure it's good. Don't, you know, yeah, not don't shot do it with in the living iPhone. room while mom's vacuuming. <laughs> yeah, and shot with an iPhone. And, I, and I'm glad that you're the one saying that because I've I've preached that for so long and, and, and I can clearly remember there was a, a band that contacted me not too long ago wanting to know if, if we can do management and promotion for them. And I did exactly what you said, you know, went to their website, went to their Facebook to check them out and there's nothing to listen to. There's no audio, there's no video. And I'm, and I'm asking back to them, how do you think a club is going to hire you if you have nothing out there for people to listen to? So it's, That's you know, right. sounds like and common sense. One more thing. Nobody will listen to more than three to five minutes of what you do. Nobody. Nobody has time. So whatever you do, make it be a nice uh, uh, a culmination of different stuff that you do and give everybody a little taste of what each piece is. So you, and don't let it be longer than three to five minutes because today, 2014, everybody loses interest. That's why there's 3,000 TV stations. So people could change the station yeah. after when a commercial comes on. Yeah, short attention so that's spans. What I would say as well. Yeah, short yep. attention spans and 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 you know the uh, the presence of of smartphones and, and tablet PCs and you know mobile devices that make it so easy to just say eh, not impressed and, and click over to a different video. Um, Frank, I mentioned Absolutely. I mentioned back in the intro that you've been in at least four different spots in Las Vegas. I believe you started out at the Rio. Then you were on the Strip at the Hilton, then at the Sahara, uh, both of those on the Strip, and now at the D. Is there one highlight, and, and uh, maybe it's not even a, a Shinta's Las Vegas performance, is there one highlight that stands out for you after all these years? Um, the Rio was incredible. Those were different days in Las Vegas. Those were the days when a casino would pay top dollar for a headliner. I mean top dollar like a multi-million dollar contract over a period of five, six years. And those days are all but gone, unless you are a Celine Dion or a Justin Timberlake. 
that come in, perform, get paid. Um, the reel was incredible because they spent almost $2 million a year just to advertise us. Wow. So we were wow. everywhere. We were on 150 cab tops. We wow. were on billboards. We were on TV. We had a 30-second commercial that we wrote musically that was just great. And people go and say, uh, if you type in the Shinta's commercial, you'll see that commercial. We wrote that song. Um, great R&B feel with all of our impressions in that little 30-second spot. And our sister was in it. Um, of course, that's old. And the great moments in my life are moments like when Bill Medley came to see us and took the stage. Wow. Tony Orlando, wow. Engelbert Humperdinck. Um, geez, uh, there's Wayne, been so many. I don't want to leave anybody yeah, out. Yeah, I but. think Wayne Newton did it. Did, did Wayne Newton not also yep. come? Yeah, yep. amazing. Yeah. Those are great moments in entertainment, buddy. We're about out of time, but uh, I, I did want to go back to one thing that you touched on before, um, which was you know the idea of, of going out on the road. The Shintas have even done cruise ship performances too. Th- those are highly coveted by by a lot of entertainers. You're treated very well when you go in as a headliner on a ship. You're treated like royalty, and uh, we did a bunch of them. But after going on so many, it wasn't even a lot, but. It, it kind of got to me because I, I like to go to I like to go to Kmart when I want to. <laughs> there's no, there's no blue Walgreens. light special. No blue light special on the promenade deck. <laughs> no, no blue light specials or promenade. I do like that, but I still there's nothing like being a headliner in Las Vegas, baby. I'll bet. I'll bet. Nothing. Well, Frank, I know that uh, that you're on to other things, so uh, thank you so much for your time and, and the conversation today. My really privilege, buddy. Really great to talk to you. I appreciate you making the time. My, my best wishes for, for continued success. God bless you, my friend. God bless you, my friend, and all your listeners. And please uh, Twitter me at, at Frankie Shinta and say hello, uh, or Facebook, please. God bless, and uh, have a great night. Thank you. I will close, as always, by formally thanking my guest this time around, entertainer Frankie Shinta, checking in from Las Vegas, Nevada. Visit his official website at www.theshintas.co. And as I mentioned previously, you can also find links at the top of that website homepage, as he just mentioned, to engage with Frankie on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, we've both talked about it. Search on YouTube. You'll find some great footage of the Shintas there as well. And again, if you are in or headed to Las Vegas, do go see the show at the D Casino Hotel. Uh, Just ask the cab driver to take you to Fremont Street. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, and hopefully a five-star rating to go along with it. That actually helps the show quite a bit. If you are listening to us on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. As I mentioned before, let's also get your feedback on the show. Post your comments on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week on another edition of Now Hear This Entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, the Shinta!